Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> We do not merely destroy our enemies, we change them. I have been every voice you have ever heard inside your head. I think this is a great point then for us to move away from the historical side of the hoax and get on to the the Bible. What is it? What's its purpose? Like a real discussion on the significance of it and how it affects people. And this is a pretty deep topic, but the first question I'd like to ask you, TNG, is do you think the Bible as a whole, as we have it today, is there for our benefit or not? Um, I could say I, even today I'm still in probably two minds about that. I think the when the so again, this goes back to the spiritual definitions again, but obviously the Christian spiritual definition is that mankind is supposedly supposed to aim for the image of Christ. So the image of Christ is put down in the New Testament. So how he behaves, um, you know, his his life is a is an example of the what would what you would be presented as the perfect man but then on the flip side of that i also see that it's uh, it's kind of doing the opposite as well it's kind of turning everybody into a lame duck yeah so that, that there's no you know there's no fight it's all the you know <laughs> if your enemy it you let him hit you again and yeah. all this kind of stuff it, it's <laughs> so Whereas, whereas the chosen people get told it's, it's an eye for an eye. So how, how are you going to win? If they get to do eye for an eye, and you've got to turn the old cheek all the time. Yeah, so it's it's pretty clear to me that, that it is, um, you know, it's part of the civilization hoax as a whole. And it is one of the major, you know, well, it has to be one of the major controlling features um you know especially when you factor in again we go back to this stupid population figure we can never know how many people there are but you know it's something like i think it was 1.8 billion christians supposedly in the world whether you can actually call them actual christians is another matter um but 1.8 billion christians or something i think off the top of my head is the figure given which is still, you know, to this day, supposedly the biggest religion in the world. So, you know, that's a hell of a lot of people. And 
all locked in, in you know, in, to some degree or another into that book, uh, whatever interpretation and different parts of it they're taking for their life at the time. So, yeah, I, I, I say I'm kind of splitting the fact that that, you know, it, it is it does give a good example of how one should rule, you know, run your life or whatever. But having said that again, I mean, you know, any, anybody with half a, a brain cell, you know, and, and has their own common sense, has their own feeling and intuitions in the heart knows right from wrong. Do we really need a book <laughs> to tell us how to behave and and, the, and that then you know plays into do we really need any laws to tell us how to behave? We we man knows what is right and what is wrong, and and you know it's uh, that that's where it all kind of falls back to to me is that we you know we just don't don't need we don't need it we don't need the control. Some somebody some somebody clearly does around here but i don't think it's a man <laughs> you 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 got to where pretty much exactly my thoughts i mean my i'm quite loud mouths of my thoughts on the bible um i do not think the bible was as we have it today was provided for our benefit one might be able to argue that it, there was another book which was provided for our benefit and then it's been corrupted but I do not think it is there for our benefit. Now, that is not to say that one cannot use it for some benefit, i.e., so you take IPS. I don't think the mainstream media is provided for our benefit, but you take someone like Tim Osman, who can then research and investigate the mainstream media and see what it says about the control system. And so I think there is, like you do, great work in researching the Bible, which is beneficial for us. So I think benefit can be taken from it if one approaches with caution, but I don't think it was provided for our benefit. It's a bit like a prison isn't provided for your benefit, nor the prison guards. If you analyze them and see their patterns, you can work out when you can escape. So you, are, you but that's you creating that benefit. Um, I was very interested to see you connect it to law. If people have seen my Hobbits Don't Need No Law video, I say something like talking about the controllers and law, they take what man is all well, they take what the hobbits always knew and then they put it into words, write it down and then use it against them. And once they put it into words, you have all the problems of terminology and definitions. And then come the word magicians, the Gandalfs, then come the scribes and the Pharisees and the lawyers and the courts and then you have the system of control. And I think the same is true is with law, with the spiritual realm. So we were talking about this empirical spirituality. And an example I would give is in the Bible, you find it says in the English version, the kingdom of God is within you. And someone would say, see, this is a great spiritual truth. But I would say no, because you and I have this feeling which this sentence is representing. But as soon as they put something that we already know and we feel into words, the kingdom of God is within you. 
So then you have God with all those problems, but you have kingdom. And if you look at the etymology of that word, because it's claimed to come from the Latin or the Greek, that word isn't kingdom. It's the rule or the, the rulership of God. And the Old Testament books of kings are actually kingdoms, but they're not even kingdoms. It's the rulership, the dominion, the, the reign is in like the reign of a king. So all of a sudden, this thing that you feel in your heart is turned into this hierarchical system of control and domination because Lord come, in Latin is dominator. So that to me is an example of how they've taken empirical spirituality, put it into words, written it in the book, which crystallizes it, and then come the priest class and the scribes and the lawyers and the word magicians. So as I say, one can read it and find these and get benefit. But because of these things, I always urge great caution because I've seen so many people get lost in it. And then the Bible replaces this empirical spirituality. So again, I don't think there's anything wrong because there are things of great beauty and you can express something you feel in the way that you are not quite able to. And I don't think these things are wrong in themselves as long as we can remember this is what we're doing. It's like there's no problem using a story to help navigate the terrain as long as one remembers that is what we are doing. So I don't think it is provided for our benefit. I think great caution should be taken with it. But I will admit that people can read it, get profit from it. But I would always say that to try to remember these things that we know from other areas about words and definitions and not forget that your primary source of spiritual feeling is empirical and is in your you feel it in yourself and you can see how it manifests in the external world so that would be my brief overview of whether it was provided for our benefit or not how does that sound to you tng yeah i'm, I'm totally uh, in concurrence with you i mean the, the thing with the bible as well is that i think it's quite inconsistent as well um in, yes in what you know i mean just just the one little thought that i always come back to is the time when um, jesus is supposedly sitting on the mountain with satan and satan says oh you know i'm going to offer you the world do you want it and he goes nah and obviously we all know what happens to jesus after that and then he fucks off up in the sky and Clearly, the bastard is still sitting there on the mountain, looking around and rubbing his hands together, thinking, uh, well, <laughs> see you, pal. <laughs> like, look, <laughs> you're all mine. So, <laughs> I, just... <laughs> I know maybe I'm stretching it a little bit, but <laughs> no, there is a million things like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, it, it provides you with everything, doesn't it? Like, there's every interpretation that you can almost make. It, it's like it's, it provides everything for everyone, but it, it can provide it to them with a certainty that they will latch onto that and they will ignore everything else. It just yeah. has that something for everything, for everyone. Oh, I think it actually gets worse than that. I think because some of the passages are so vague, you, the the interpretations 
<laughs> uh, you know, you, you can you can see people, you know, there might be like four or five different interpretations of just one line. And yeah, <laughs> and, they're, and they're all in opposition of each other. <laughs> it's it's absolutely mental. Yeah, then then there's other passages obviously that are very clear in what they're saying, but I just no, well, it's 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 obviously you know, whoever whoever really did write that book or books, should we say, um that <laughs> it that it does seem kind of beyond human, doesn't it? In a way. And and also, you know, when you think about the uh, you know all the numerology that's found in there, and the you know the, the all the the coding and um, play out against the sky and the movement of the heavens and all this kind of thing that's all kinds of plays into the Bible. Uh, you know, there is certainly something to be said about it being. Uh, Maybe not authored by man, but authored by what is another question. <laughs> and I, I think this kind of, in some way, links to... I made a little note about memetics. And you know, there's, there's a view that language can be just viewed as a giant meme. And, but viewing the Bible as <laughs> basically a giant meme, especially the New Testament. So if you look at memes... In order to really understand mimetic culture, it helps to have some understanding of the culture that it's going on in. So there's a whole thing about Star Wars prequel memes. So you have to know about the Star Wars prequels and then understand for some reason I like, because it's interesting to me following it. So I, fo I followed for like a couple of years the development of the meme and how it becomes self-referential when it goes round in circles. And someone may be making a meme about one thing, but to mean the opposite meaning, but you'd have to be part of that inner circle of Star Wars prequel memes to understand the reverse meaning they're given. And again, without knowing who wrote it, what was the purpose, what their culture is, whether they're what layers of reverse meanings or self-reference they're putting in, when someone comes along to it and then replaces their inner empirical spiritual knowledge with it, not to, not in that they find something that expresses something, but when they just replace it with that, then they are basically getting lost in someone else's mimetic culture and they have no idea about it. And we see mimetic warfare going on, like where some of these memes come from, I seriously question. And people pick up the memes and then that becomes a new way of understanding the world through this meme. So again, I think those are a lot more serious problems that people, and this is again with the Bible. So many people with other sources, whether it be television or other things, they will be still skeptical about it, but there's something about the Bible that makes them drop that skepticism, like, and just dive headfirst into whatever, like, first interpretation they get which is a puzzling thing for me but i think it does say something else about the bible the way it's written and the power that it can take over people if they're not careful yeah i think it's you know again back to that my statement saying i'm you know i'm not religious but i am been heavily aware since the beginning of all this covid nonsense that there seems to be some big parallels going on with yes. the bible itself and obviously, none 
more so than the vaccine passports and whatever you know paralleling the second mark of the beast and all this kind of thing with a you're not you know you can't buy or sell or whatever without it and all this kind of thing and and you know I, i've genuinely genuinely in my mind been bouncing backwards and forth you know forwards thinking well if this is the case if you know if if that if that is real if that is the mark of the beast then maybe <laughs> maybe i'm wrong about jesus and am i is, is that what's going you know is am i am i have i just been hoodwinked by the by the devil here or something or, am i you know am i wrong but you know common sense kind of pulls you back in again and well, I, I what i genuinely see you know all things aside whether you know whether we think there might be a genocide coming or whatever putting all that aside i think what genuinely is happening now right at the moment is this literally is the end times of the christian bible but when i say it's the end times of the christian bible i think what what it what is meant by that is it's the end of the bible ah. it is it is not the end of the earth yeah or the end of mankind or the end of whatever it's purely closing off the age of christ once and for all by the by the, the looks of man time. going yeah. into the age of trans man <laughs> yeah exactly that's into transhumanism yeah and trans being the operative word yeah because exactly. obviously man the age of man man is not required for the uh, duality anymore the whole yeah the whole trans is in like people men wearing dresses could be viewed as like you know prophets like crazed prophets of the coming times <laughs> and a mockery mm. of of what's coming and uh, i again <laughs> I, I i quite agree with you so what you're when you're saying about how what's happening seems to maybe these aren't your words mirroring the bible or there is parallels between it and this on one level can be viewed as the benefit of the bible by researching it we understand this parallel and it gives us some understanding of some things that are going on and one simple interpretation is one that probably most people have thought about is that the same people that wrote the bible and provided the bible are the same people running this operation and so if we get to the deeper understanding of whether these things are for our benefit as far as i can see nothing that's going on in the current like covid bollocks is for our benefit um and if it's the same people writing both of them it leads me to think that neither of them are for our benefit but the, the, i admit there could be people would have different interpretations of that well my my thoughts now um really is uh, especially after seeing old swab <laughs> talking about the rapture oh yeah it almost seems to me that they are engineering that rapture uh, to take out these christian white christians they're literally going to rapture them straight out of off the earth <laughs> is exactly what they're doing uh, this is what's uh, 
seems to be going on to me. And now, when when I when I take a step back and I look I look at it, and I think, well, you know, the chosen people <laughs> call us the enemy, and they're not just referring to the white race; they're referring to the Christians, as in a Bible perspective. And uh, it seems to me that. Uh, I don't want to get into sinks or anything like that. I'm just, I just, it just. I won't play right. We've talked, we've talked about the end. You know, I'm seriously think it is the end time of the Bible. They're they're laying waste to the Christian religion to fully adopt the ball yeah. earth and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and and why I see, it, you know, how many of these people taking the vaccine are Christians? And are not seeing the words in their own. So, you know, here's me. I am a non-religious guy. I've obviously done a lot of research and I've done an awful lot of reading. I mean, I even did take Ori at school and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, for many years and whatever, I've, I've read, read a lot of the Bible. You know, and I've always been aware of revelation. So how many of these Christians <laughs> that are out there... Um, are not seeing the mark of the beast or whatever connotations. And they're just taking the, the COVID vax. Yeah. It's almost to me like they're just being set up, set up for it. About a lot about of them. zero of them realised. Mm. Yeah. So you've, you've got like maybe 1.7 billion Christians about to vacate the earth is, is the way, the way I see it. And I'll just, uh, it's flipping crazy. I think. What, what, sorry, Karen, Angie. No, sorry. I, I just uh, my my mind just kind of closes in, and and I, I think, oh, you know, where does that leave <laughs> leave the rest of us as well? We're fucking left down, left back down here with these nut jobs that are doing all this. <laughs> well, I, 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 talking when you talk about how many Christians know about it, I get in the act realm. People, I think, have a. An, an upside down view of that because the Christians they encounter in the act realm will understand some level of conspiracy. But if you're actually out in the broader world, that is a tiny percent of Christians. People think, oh, look, the Christians, they understand the conspiracy and they're against it. That's a very minute amount. What I see all over the place, I see it in Jersey. I see, I've been looking at priests I knew from old I've been looking at pre and the vast vast majority are doing this publicity campaign about how they're going to get the vaccine and they're flocked and Christians are sheep and they follow their <laughs> they follow their flipping hurt their their shepherds so yeah I think the vast majority of them are going to dive headlong in with regards to the rapture there's perhaps an alternative way we could see it so we normally see the rapture is people going up and leaving Earth. Yeah. Now we can view the AI, the, tra the transhuman singularity. So if we have a slightly Gnostic view about how we spirits in the material world, then going into this AI singularity, transhumanism, is going one further down from the true spiritual world into actually more of a materiality. It's heading further downwards. And if you are traveling down, so if the uh it might because Schwab almost it said, makes it sound like they're the ones going to be raptured, the people behind it, but they could just be staying still 
And if all the Christians go down into this new, and that'd be like Bible 2.0 is for like the electronic biblical control system. So it's the end of that one into this new one. Then all the Christians expecting the rapture find out that they're going down and it looks to them like the people that did it to them are going up, but they're just staying still. If you see what, if you see what I mean, yeah, exactly what you mean. I'll just, just, <laughs> these are all the laughing fish, my friend, the smallest yeah. for God's sake. <laughs> and, and then maybe just maybe returning to, you know, we discussed about how Christ in the Bible seems to be a rep- like representation of a perfect man. And Oh, this is linked. So, just about the chosen people so they view their enemies as the christians at least in the official story of the communist revolution in russia it was pretty much all jews who did the revolution lots of my russian friends get really angry if you call it a russian revolution they say no it was a jewish revolution and they were the people who ran the red terror where they just slaughtered people according to the official history history hopes people i'm just it's part of the story that's important, I think, though. Yeah. But in the official story afterwards, a few of those Jews were left to take up the prime positions in the party, but most of those got slaughtered as well once they'd done their, you know, their bit. So, so the Jews do seem to be with the Freemasons and the Templars and all these people, like the chief house slaves, but even their part of the Bible they've been provided with in the Old Testament they like you know say whatever Yahweh represent I don't think he really gives a fuck about them either and I think they are just going to be used as tools if this is if this is how it's going to play out to get rid of you know maybe get rid of a lot of Christians push them into the transhuman but I think they're going to be in for a shot themselves about (laughs) about what's planned for them after they get up to their deeds and which leads us into this idea of Christ and the perfect man and what happens to him in the Bible. And I, part of how I view the Gospels is it's a mockery, is that everything else that they do is included, but part of it is, is that they're mocking mankind. They present you this image of kind of a perfect man, and they say, this is what, this is what happens to him. And it's just, it's inevitable. And then... It's almost like saying, this is what we're going to do to man and we're presenting you in advance and they're mocking us for it. So, and then people view their own mockery is the holiest book, which is a sad thing, if, if I am correct. It's very sad, isn't it? Odds. It, it? And it just goes to show, you know, how low mankind's got. It, it's just, you know, it was... You know, it, it would be nice to know if the, uh, you know, uh, when this all started, or <laughs> whatever was there, whatever did start, that, that maybe, you know, the once that uh, man had an ounce of common sense, but clearly and, hasn't got it now. And the other big problem I see is, which links back to what you said at the very beginning about source and the creator and God, is that it seems to me that the Bible is directing people, again, I'm very careful about what words I put on this thing that we're using things like the source. It's, it's, but what happens is, and people will say, oh, I'm, I'm not worshiping you know, this bloodthirsty Yahweh. I'm not worshiping what you think of as God. And I agree, but I think if the worship is going through 
what is presented in the Bible. So I'm being very, being quite specific about it in this instance. So I'm not saying if you worship source and you know you're not worshiping that, that's what you're doing. But if one is going through what is being presented to you in the Bible, and that is what you're worshiping, again, I think it's A is more mockery. And I think that man is being directed to worship you know, the top of this hierarchy of control and abuse that we find ourselves in. And even if you are going through the Bible, even if you think that you're not worshipping that, you are worshipping source, you aren't. Because there is some, there could, there may well be something that is personifying, is personified by the Bible. And I think it roots it up to that, even if that's what you think you're not doing. And I think that is another the guy that's represented is Yahweh, that that old cunt part of part of my language. Yeah. And <clears throat> so I think and that, that's the trickiest part. Because I'm with you when you say like it's not what's being represented as God that I'm worshiping or praying to, it's this thing which is different. And in that regard, I think it's fine. So I just want to be careful, but I think it's when we go through and it could be the same with if someone if we go through the Bible, it goes there. Another example would be with sync. And I've said many times about how I think there is much good to be done in research with sync, like with the Bible. But if someone takes that synchro mysticism, then uses the provided Hollywood films in order to be their connection to the cosmos or whatever word they use, then you're being directed through this provided source from things which I do not think are our benefit. So it's like our our connection to source via either the old telescreen or the new telescreen of movies is being channeled to something quite different. And I know intention is important, but because of this channeling effect through the sources, I think people would be surprised when they use the Bible or Hollywood movies or music as their connection to what they think of as source is going somewhere quite different. I, I, Completely agree. And again, this goes back to the beginning again, back to my own spiritual path, as it were. So just the act of praying, asking for anything. Yeah. Asking, you know, you're begging just the same as, you know, with the protests, you're protesting to the governments, begging them not to yeah. harm you. And the same as you're praying to Yahweh or praying to Christ or praying to whatever. No, that's not my experience of source. Yeah. It's my my experience of source is actually connecting to it, not as a subservient creature, but as almost I wouldn't say an equal, but as as a as a as a separate being. And that actually drawing from it, actually drawing from source, not asking it, not worshiping it, not praying to it, not begging it. Yeah, it's, 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 this is it's, it's a completely opposite thing, and and I think that 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 whole thing is rooted in the whole of the religion idea, and and that that you you know you are subservient to this creator being because it created you, created you. Well, hang on a minute. I'm not subservient to my 
um, meat suit father, why would I be subservient to my spiritual father? Oh, but it's God. That's what, mm. that's what it's, I, I am with you, TNG, on this. This is very interesting to me what I was thinking about earlier today. You know, you mentioned pray, because yeah. the older form of pray, you know, people would say, pray, tell me what the weather's going to be. It literally meant to ask or request or even beg, like pray, like they, they you know, you hear that in older books. Um, yeah, pray, tell me this, uh, and it's it's making a formal request. And then when you talked about, um, yeah, this subservience and having to ask, but your experience is different. And again, we see this begging and asking coming through the Bible. And if we just, if I just take it, and again, not dissing people who do research and find benefit from using synchromistic research, but when it becomes this connection to the cosmos, have you noticed that something very similar happens? Um, and it's viewed in a different way, like being grateful or having, it's like the, the law of positive <laughs> returns, whatever, they, the law of attraction. Yeah. And there's, this, there's an exchange, isn't there now? It's commerce. So all this stuff is provided for us from God if we provide him with our prayers or worship. So it becomes like commerce, which links us into this idea of the commerce and the, the Bible being the essence of all those laws. But everything becomes this exchange. And I think it's important because, well, this might be annoying to a lot of people, but kind of when people get into spirituality, you get this idea of being, of being grateful uh, to God or the cosmos for this stuff. But I was actually going to do maybe a ramble on it because I'm, I'm, I decided to stop being grateful. And people go, oh, it means you're an ingrate and has all these negative terms. But I'm like, no, I'm not going to be grateful because it sounds all very wonderful. But again, I'll, I just will leave people with enough to say I'm not being, I'm not being grateful anymore. So, but I'll maybe explain it more fully in something else. But I think there is something in there if you think about it on a, on a slightly different level. But I, I'm not grateful for it anymore but I'll leave it vague enough to be misinterpreted <laughs> sorry I got that's it's just at the limit of what I've been thinking about today so I thought I could talk about it a bit better but that's my that's that's about my limit of my of my thoughts in this area do you have anything else you want to say I, I, to be honest I think we've covered so much and is it's probably going to be quite a, a a lot to take on for anybody yeah. to listen to this podcast to be honest uh well after <laughs> listen to it back myself and soak it back up and I think oh did I say that really I don't know. but <laughs> it was well I've just left it telling people not to be grateful <laughs> <laughs> But it all, you know, it all, again, just one little thought, just tying back into um, this name, the names of God and, and all this kind of thing. It kind of plays into the legal system and what's going on here, or the beast system, maybe we want to call it, uh, with the legal name. And the fact that you're given a, a false name, a false identity, a straw man, 
And the same thing has been done in the Bible. We've been given a straw man. We've been given a, a false God. And, you know, this all plays hand in hand with what we were or what was just going on about with source itself and the creator. So uh, I, I always keep in mind that um, when you look at Alistair Crowley and all this kind of satanic bullshit and things like that, they always, uh, demons have a name and they always, uh, to have the name, you hold power over that uh, creature, should, it say, should we say. And that's exactly uh, what's been done to mankind with the uh, with the birth certificate. So, and just to expand on that, as you say, the straw man. If Jesus is Jesus Christ in the Bible is meant to be representing man, then he could be viewed as the ultimate straw man. And if we're meant to take on his image, that's like taking on the straw man personality. And it's um, there's something there about why that is provided in such a powerful way, where we then take on the straw man of Jesus Christ rather than our own uh, inner spiritual feelings, which are just as true and the same, but we're representing it onto a fictional character, which is what the straw man name is. Okay, another interjection from the editing suite. Good news, TNG will be doing it next time because I, I don't do well with all this power and control. But I just wanted to complete that thought on the straw man. So in Genesis, it says that man is created in the image of God. It never says man is the image of God. He is created in the image of God. The image of God is Christ, is the imago Dei. Man is the image of Christ. Christ is the image of God. That is how man is created in the image of God. And so an image is a representation, a representation of something. So here he is the straw man of God, but he's God and man. And he's also the image of man in that he represents us. And this is the Christian understanding of how the redemption works. Because that's how we can take on all of our sins. And if you don't believe me, and look out for this word represents, represents, which is the image, which is a straw man, it happens in his person. I'm going to read to you three quotes from an essay, which I've never published, from a Christian theology from my old Christian days. One is St. Justin of Chelage, who's pretty much regarded as the greatest Orthodox theologian of the 20th century. One is St. John Damascene, who wrote the book An Exact Exposition of the Orthodox Faith, which from an early Greek father is viewed as the classic exposition of the Orthodox faith. And St. Gregory the Theologian, who's one of only three saints to be called a theologian. So listen to these quotes. Think about the straw man idea rep and representation. St. Justin of Chelage. Through his entire person, the Lord Christ represents and has the only true love of mankind. St. John Damascene explains his thought. Personal and relative appropriation 
is when one assumes the person of another relatively, for instance, out of pity and love, and in this place utters words concerning him that have no connection with himself. And it was in this way that our Lord appropriated both our curse and our desertion, being made a curse for our sake. Again, personal and relative appropriation. Think of this whole straw man stuff. And then St. Gregory the Theologian completes the thought. It was not he who had been forsaken either by the Father or by the Godhead, but as I said, he was in his own person representing us. For we were forsaken and despised before, but now by the sufferings of him who could not suffer, we were taken up and saved. Similarly, I can't say that word, he makes his own our folly and our transgressions. And so, yeah, those are three pretty much unquestioned theological authorities. And there we have it. The person, the representation, the straw man of Jesus Christ, straw man of God, straw man of man, straw man theology. So when the Christian truthers start telling you about the problem with the straw man law, tell them where it came from. And then if they start telling you about the problem of how can someone represent you in Parliament, well, <laughs> Clearly, the idea of having a representative on your behalf doing all this stuff for you comes from this Jesus crap, the ultimate straw man. And the reason it's so powerful is I was just reading over my own essay, and when I present the work and love of Christ in this straw man way, which I never knew I was doing, it's incredibly powerful. But I'm afraid... Spiritually, I think it's bullshit. Well, from what I can see around the world, there is a certainly seems to be a core of people that are uh, very aware of the false teachings, or, or as Jesus or any of any of the religions being a false idol. And there's an, a number of people, you know, just going through YouTube, there's, there's quite a few of them who promote this most high type idea. And that while it doesn't quite fit in 100% with what, you know, I've obviously been talking about on the, the spiritual front, it certainly does take everything away from the religious side and yeah, I, I, to me, that's quite uh, heartening, really. That there is, or I can see a, a, a quite a, a you know a large amount of people that have have come to this position and and are. Uh, so <laughs> you see what I'm saying here? They they've kind of uh, seen through it all, but still take this compassionate, empathic route. Um, you know, and then, yeah, against what's going on. Well, yeah, I, I'm pretty much, I understand what you're saying because I am almost purposefully extremely rude and derogatory about pretty much every concept of God or 
such things and I do so <laughs> if they not completely purposeful there is a reason why I do it and it's kind of a defense mechanism which is linked to some of what we've been talking about and emotion it's why I'm not an atheist or a theist or an agnostic but many would put me on the atheistic end but my real opinions on such matter I am hesitant to put into words. I do approve of the first line of the Tao Te Ching, the Tao that is called Tao is not the Tao. But part of, so I, I'm sure I offend people a lot with the way I talk about God and such ideas. And I do actually mean it when I say that, but there is a deeper purpose, but I won't go into that for now. I'll leave that for people to think about for themselves. Okay, TNG, do you think we're done? I think so. I mean, the, the, the other thing, just one last thought about the Bible is, is that you're saying, you know, you've always maintained that, yeah, there's, there's, there is truth in there. There is um, things to pick up. And the the just the the very thought that the ultimate truth may actually still be in the bible itself so i know i know obviously um christ is quoted at saying this things this what i'm going to say but it says do you not do you not know that you are a temple of god and again i don't like the word god even but so do you not know that you're a temple of the creator and the spirit of the creator dwells in you. And that's uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 16 to 17. There's a bit more to go with that. But I think it's that, that I think is an ultimate truth. And if there's one thing that I, I think I've learned throughout my life with it, with everything is that, uh, yeah, there is a connection. There, there is a connection for everybody to 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 have if they if they want it and seek it. So, my only comment on that TNG would be that I I agree with you, but there sometimes is a thing where the reason why you see the truth that's contained in that sentence is because you already know it in yourself empirically, yeah. and I think this is what the bible does and on one level it's not actually bad to find something which expresses some something for you already and i don't think there's anything wrong with taking that and saying it as you did I, for me that's perfectly good and it i will quote from the bible all the times in that regards as long as we remember which order it happened in so yeah. And so we have the connection, but it's quite vague. And this is a way, oh, okay, other people, and it's a ready-made cultural reference that other people can understand. And as long as that order is maintained, I can't see anything wrong with it and no different to me having, developing an understanding and picking the matrix to express it. But it's just as long as that, that and I think that is the thing that the Bible can be so powerful that people end up flipping it the other way around. And it takes me back to memetics so it talks about the temple. The temple refers to something in the Old Testament, and Paul, used, Paul is a Jew, and he uses it for very good reasons. And once you take the temple, there is all, it's, it's the memetics of the culture. There is all this symbolism about the temple, and then there's the tabernacle, 
which the temple came from. And there is an unbelievable amount of symbolism and self-references in the Bible which go through it. Everything in the New Testament is mirrored in the Old. And so taking it the way you did it, for me, is there's I can't see anything wrong. And I can see the great benefit in doing it. And I do it all the time. But once it's reversed, this very one word, the temple, all of these other things are imputed in. So that's the only... Just a word of caution I offer, but I'm not I'm not, I'm not trying to be my usual critical self and like be a dick about it. That's just that's just what I would offer in addition. Yeah, I think and and again this always comes back to the etymology and definitions of words. And we should always all be very aware and careful of, of what we're what we're saying, maybe. So Gandalf much. magicians, you know, we've got the newspapers, the print there, the films, everything. Yep. So, yep, thanks, mister. I, uh, obviously, it'll be my turn to host next time, but uh, thank well, you for this. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, and thank you, dear listener, for bearing with me on my first attempt. I, I know I speak, speak a lot as well, but TNG, ha- and I had decided that that's, <laughs> that's the way we were going to do it. So, thank you, TNG. Thank you, dear listeners. This is the end of the last Wonder Belize podcast number six, and we will return next time for episode seven. Thank you. We do not merely destroy our enemies. We change them. I have been every voice you have ever heard inside your head. Set it up That's me in the corner